Welcome to the latest edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to talk to you again. Hey, Joe. How you doing, man? Doing real well. Uh, well, it's been, uh, it's been a, a real interesting, uh, a wacky couple of uh, weeks here. Uh, I, I was off for a vacation and, and missed a, a week or two, but uh, uh, the Indians kept going. Uh, things, things are always uh, uh, kind of crazy. Uh, first off, uh, let's mention the All-Stars. Uh, the Indians putting five on the All-Star team, uh, including Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Michael Brantley, and uh, as predicted, Trevor Bauer and uh, Corey Kluber, uh, as predicted by Trevor Bauer, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right. Trevor Bauer said uh, he deserved to be an all-star, and uh, if he didn't make it, uh, the people that were doing the selecting got it wrong. <laughs> I guess he got in there, but he got in there, and he got in there by uh, – it's interesting how he got in there. The commissioner's office picked him, and uh, – I, you know, Rob Manfred is not his favorite guy. He was ripping Manfred earlier uh, this year for his pace of play uh, rules. Right. And, you know, just to have Trevor Bauer there at the All-Star game uh, during the All-Star break, participating in all the festivities, uh, it, it's going to give him that opportunity to sort of have that bigger stage now. Uh, we, we saw a little bit uh, with some of the media that's, that's been around and, and floating around since uh, the All-Star break in the, uh, in the Indians' post-game and pre-game press conferences, uh, you know, do you think that the, the national media has, has caught on or are they still sort of recycling those same Trevor Bauer, the, those old tired narratives about him being a bad teammate and all this and trying to provoke him in interviews? It, it, could this go – could, could All-Star Weekend go, go – or All-Star Week go south for Trevor Bauer? No, I don't think so, Joe. I think, uh, you know, he's pitched well. The numbers say he's pitched well. And guys like him. I mean, he's like a, kind of a new wave pitcher. Uh, you know, all the stat guys love him. You know, he'll talk for hours about that stuff, spin rate. And, you know, the, the younger writers, they love that stuff. Uh, it, it, it puts me to sleep. I, f- I feel like I'm in a math class when he's telling me, you know, he wants to uh, get his slider to break not, not five inches, but three inches. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, well, how do you do that? And, uh, he go, you know, he has theories and uh, advanced metrics. And I start, you know, my eyes start closing when he starts talking like that. But, you know, you, you, you got to give him credit. Whatever he's doing is working. And, um, He's, he's pitching great. I mean, his last start, what, eight scoreless innings? And he should have had, you know, his ninth win of the season, except the bullpen. And, and uh, we had an OP, the OD, and the uh, oblique uh, <laughs> mis- miscommunication there. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the more uh, interesting and unique. Uh, like you always say, any, any day you come to the ballpark, uh, you can see something different. Well, that was – that was something nobody really expected to see. Uh, you know, Terry Francona, the, the bullpen door opens and Dan Otero walks out and <laughs> Terry Francona's like, what the heck? Uh, yeah. but, but Francona, you know, apologized to the team afterwards. He, he took full responsibility for it. It doesn't look like that's something that's going to happen. Is there anything that can be done to sort of prevent that happening in the future? Or is it just a matter of, you know, being careful and, and being clear when you communicate. 
I think it's just a matter of being careful and being clear when you communicate. I, I mean, you know, I, I was talking to Chris Antonetti yesterday and he goes, you can bet, you know, those guys will be spelling Tito and, and Willis will be spelling those, the relievers first and last names out. So they don't, they don't screw it up again. But I think, you know, I, it's just, bait, you know, the, well, how far away is Carl Willis standing from, from Francona in the dugout, like two, three, four feet. And they just, they just got their signals crossed. Uh, you know, the, the thing, there's monitors in, in, the, in the dugout, you know, where you can watch who's warming up. So I, but, you know, that, that they're on the back wall of the dugout. And you, you know, Francona's not sitting there watching that. He's watching the game. Right. So, uh, but, you know, there's all sorts of safeguards, I think. But I think, you know, it, it's got to be like, uh, you know, how, you know, they check a lineup card. You know, the manager gives it to the bench coach who gives it to the first base coach that, you know, there's like three or four or five different sets of eyes that usually see the lineup card before it gets turned into the umpires. But still, you know, once, twice, three times a year, you'll see a team that, that, that got it screwed up. And uh, it's happened to the Indians before, you know, when, when Mike Hargrove was manager. Yeah. I believe Charlie Nagy had to bat in that game at, uh, at, at the time, I think Jacobs field, but, uh, uh, you know, that the, the fact that Terry Francona didn't sleep at all after that game and, you know, just takes these losses so hard and so much to heart uh, really says a lot about, you know, him as well. Yeah, he knows he screwed up and, and ultimately the, the blame rests on him. But when, when that happens, he, these losses like this affect him way more than you would expect them to affect a regular manager. No. Yeah, I think, you know, all managers, I think, uh, you know, take it hard. You know, they're, they're there to win, and, uh, you know, I, some express it more than others. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, at this level, it's a bottom-line business unless, you know, you're in a rebuilding team or rebuilding uh, phase. But, you know, they're here to win, and every win's important. And, uh, you know, they take it hard. And, you know, and I just thought that uh, – the way he said, you know, there was no question that, you know, this is my fault. It's on me. You know, I've seen other cases where there's been a mistake made and the mistake is passed around the coaching staff, like a hot potato, you know? So, so that was, uh, that was a, uh, I thought that was a good move, you know, kind of cut things off at the pass. And, uh, you know, and I think it, and then when he goes in and tells the team he screwed up and uh, he was sorry for putting Otero in a, in a, in a, in a, in a spot where he shouldn't have been in, in a matchup where he shouldn't have faced, been facing Joey Votto, uh, I thought that, you know, I think that goes a long way in there. Well, and now when uh, when Players Weekend rolls around again uh, at some point this year and the, the players are all wearing their nicknames on the backs of their jerseys, I, I think the, the jokes are going to write themselves pretty much in the uh, in the Indians clubhouse for the rest of the season on this. Oh yeah, that's that's you know that's a layup, definitely. That'll be fun to watch. See what what happens, you know. <laughs> uh, well, the the good news is that uh, after the uh, the the bullpen communication fiasco, the Indians bounce back and have their biggest offensive output of the season. Uh, scored 19 runs the following night uh, after after Tito went in and apologized to the team. Uh, must have fired him up somehow because Jose Ramirez comes out with two home runs. Uh, Kipnis and Lindor add add a couple uh, as well, and uh, at one point they had five consecutive base hits in the third inning, sent twelve men to the plate. Uh, that was as as good as as that offense has been all season long. Yeah, definitely. What they batted around twice, I think, in two consecutive innings. 
Um, you know, it's, you know, I, I would rather see, you know, every team has a, a couple games like this, but I would rather see more consistent scoring, you know, like five, six, seven runs a game instead of one blowout and then you get shut out for the next two or you score two or three runs the next two games. But that's just the way it is. And I think uh, this lineup, you know, especially with uh, Ramirez and Lindor, they kind of feed off each other. They, they, um, you know, one guy tries to one up the the next guy, and it's you know it's good natured competition, and you can see that rolling. And especially if you get a couple pitchers that are you know obviously overmatched, and uh, I don't think we're going to see that this weekend against the Yankees. No, that's uh, that that's coming up this weekend. But uh, just to go back to uh, Jose Ramirez and his two home runs. Uh, the, the numbers for these guys uh, with uh, he and Lindor have been just incredible. Uh, they're the first uh, teammates age 25 or younger to both have 25 home runs before the All-Star break. That's never happened before. Uh, they've got, as a, as a combined duo, they've got the most home runs and the most RBIs in all of baseball. Uh, and neither one of them is going to be in the home run derby uh, this weekend after uh, – Jose Ramirez declined the invitation. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess it, it shows you something. Uh, you know that I, I guess the team comes first with both of them. Uh, I don't. You know, Lindor had told me during the last road trip that he wasn't going to be be in the home run derby because he's not a home run hitter. You know, you, you've got twenty five home runs. Right, he's right, Frankie. Sure, whatever. Okay, he's got more home runs than anybody in the home run derby that's participating. But uh, you know, and that he doesn't hit home runs in BP and. Uh, you know, he just doesn't see himself in there. And, and I thought it was interesting what Ramirez said last night, that they kind of had a team meeting. Um, they said, you know, we need you for the second half. We don't want anything to happen to you. You know, you're, you play every day. The home run derby can be a taxing thing. And uh, they just wanted him to uh, be uh, ready for the second half, and he agreed. So, And you knew he wanted to do it. You could just see it in his eyes. You know, that's – that's made the order for him. I think he'd love that. And, uh, but, uh, it isn't to be. And I think that that kind of says a lot about those two guys and, and, you know, kind of putting their team first. And Kipnis, uh, Jason Kipnis had a, a good quote. He, he, after the game, he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, the, he was disappointed that Ramirez didn't want to do it, but he understood. And, that the the baseball guys don't want to see those wall scraper home runs, uh, anyways, in the home run derby, the uh, <laughs> the the ones that just clear the fence. Uh, they want to see the the uh, the tape measure jobs. That's uh, right. Yeah, kind of kind of uh, you know busting his hump there. Uh, for Ramirez and Lindor, they talked about you know saving each other or saving themselves for the second half there and. And Ramirez actually even mentioned the playoffs and said, you know, I want, you know, God willing, September, October, that, that kind of thing. Uh, they have, the two of them have in the past sort of faded when it comes to the playoffs and, and not necessarily, uh, you know, Lindor had the big grand slam in, in last year's uh, division series, but that was about it. Is, is this sort of that refocusing that, that they talked about uh, in the offseason? About how you know you can have this great uh, this great regular season, but it doesn't matter if you if you don't show up in the playoffs. Yeah, I, you know I think you know the, the playoffs are such a you know different animal. You know they just they happen fast. You know you especially in the division series, you can lose what well, you lose three games and you're gone. You know, and after playing 162 and like last year they win 102, 
I think uh, it's going to be this series. I think Joe against the Yankees is going to be interesting because you know the Yankees did such a great job against Lindor and Ramirez during the ALDS last year. I think uh, Ramirez hit 100. Lindor hit, like you said, had the slam, but that was about it. I think he hit 111. And uh, they both have, you know, in, in New York early in May, they both, uh, you know, did pretty well. Each hit, each of them hit a home run. I think they're both hitting over 300 against the Yankees. But now, now we'll see uh, just uh, the, these next four games if they've made that adjustment and, uh, you know, how it maybe it bodes better for them uh, in the postseason if they meet the Yankees again. And you've got uh, two – A.L. Cy Young contending pitchers uh, right off the bat uh, in, in the opener, uh, Corey Kluber, Luis Severino. I, I think, uh, you know, we were walking away from uh, Frankie's locker last night, and he looked up and he said, hey, who's pitching tomorrow? Like, like he didn't know Severino was going to be on the mound. And we turned back and we said, Severino, he goes, ah, piece of cake. You know, <laughs> just joking. And uh, it's, it's, you know, this this sort of sets up, it's an indicator for what the Indians, you know, can sort of expect for the second half of the season. And, you know, they haven't played Boston yet. They're, they're done playing uh, Houston. And Seattle. Uh, they played Boston. They're done playing Seattle. So all these potential teams that they could be seeing in the postseason, uh, the, this series against the Yankees, and then, uh, you know, the, the remainder of the year with, with Boston. And that's going to be it as far as an indicator, because you're sure not going to find out, what kind of team you are playing against uh, playing 19 games a year against each AL central team. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I think uh, that, that's why it's, it's been such a, a hard team to get a read on. I, you know, you don't know if, if, <laughs> if they're good or they're bad. Well, you know, that's a good team, but you don't know how good they can because they haven't really been pushed. You know, no one has really kind of gone out there and kind of jabbed them with a pitchfork in the rear end and, and made them start playing. Uh, no, not, they haven't run into a team like that. And you, they almost seem like they're in first or second gear instead of third or fourth to me. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the Yankees, will, you know, definitely will get their attention. And like you said, they haven't played Boston. They haven't played Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's, you know, playing good baseball. So they'll, they'll run into those guys in the second half. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and the twins are, you know, the twins are six and three against them. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to catch them, but, you know, at least they, it's a competitive thing there, but, uh, you know, they, they definitely need, uh, something to get them, uh, you know, kind of going. And I don't know, you know, like last year, all of a sudden that 22 game winning streak, you know, came in the second half, uh, I, I, the 14 game winning streak the year before, I think was more right around the break. Yeah, it was but, before July. It was uh, yeah. right around the July 4th. I think it was Canada Day. It yeah, it was in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe this is – they've got to they've got to motivate themselves to, uh, you know, lift their level of play because they're certainly going to need it come, uh, you know, you know, down the stretch and, and, in, and in October. Well, and you can't rely on this, but, you know, under Terry Francona, this has been a historically, you know, second-half performing team – they they did last year after that you know that that first really bad series out in San Francisco after the break they sort of flipped the switch and and from there they they just really took off now part of that was the the acquisition of Jay Bruce uh, sort of settling things down uh, there's there's a need out there right now for the the same sort of thing because Lonnie Chisholm again is on the uh, on the DL and it's not looking like they're going to have him anytime soon. Uh, 
the need for uh, some some bullpen help has been there all season long. Uh, the uh, maybe a right field right-handed hitting bat is there, and they're still popping up in all of these you know rumors and, and discussions about Manny Machado. Uh, is there a move that's that's eminent that you see before the the trade deadline, which is less than three weeks away? Yeah, you know I think uh, you know they. I think the closer you get to uh, the deadline, obviously, that, that increases the pressure to make a deal. And I think, uh, you know, that can help the teams or hurt teams. And I think the Indians, you know, I've seen them go both ways. I've seen them jump out early and make a deal or wait right to the last minute like they did with uh, Andrew Miller. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, they're, they're, they're good. I think if they, you know, Musta- if they can't get uh, Machado, I think that, you know, the main focus of, the, of, of their, you know, like quest to improve the team will be in the bullpen and in the outfield. I, I really think that. I, and I don't think they're going to bring in a guy like Moustakis or, or Adrian Beltre to play third base. I, 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 don't, I just don't see that happening. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, you know, bringing in a center fielder or an outfielder, a right fielder, you know, like you said, particularly right-handed hitting, I think that will work, and uh, they need an arm. They they need they need a bullpen guy because I, Joe Joe, it's you get you, it's like a, a split personality bullpen. It's like you know you get one good month, you get one bad month, and you know right now what they I think they they had an ERA about three something in May. I'm not May. There was eight in May, then three three something in in June, and now it's going back up. It's like six six point five six something. In, in July. So, you know, it's hard to uh, win like that. It's hard to be consistent like that. And, uh, you know, they had found something in Neil Ramirez and, and uh, Oliver Perez, but they haven't been able to really use those guys a whole lot lately. Well, so, to, be, to be fair, they haven't been able to use Oliver Perez because they brought in Dan yeah, Otero. Right, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, Oliver Perez might have helped in one of those situations. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. pretty fairly certain. Uh, and one of the names we keep hearing is Kyle Bearclaw from uh, uh, Tampa Bay. We haven't seen Tampa yet, so we haven't really gotten a, a really good look at, at him. But uh, I know the uh, the Red Sox are, are in pursuit of him as well. Uh, you know, there maybe there's something there with uh, with Tito and 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 uh, Frank Cash uh, or Kevin Cash. I'm sorry. Uh, um, with the connection in Tampa is, you know. Is there an arm out there that that really stands out that has to? Uh, Kelvin Herrera was the one that that everybody thought would have been the fir- perfect fit, but I guess uh, you know they they didn't move quickly enough on him. Yeah, I think you know I think there are some arms. You know, Zach Britton, uh, you know, is 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 out there for Baltimore. Uh, Brock, I think, is is another Oriole reliever that that's that's a you know that they might be able to get. I think a guy like Bearclaw is a younger guy and he's under control. I think that's going to cost a lot, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they might, they might kind of go for a rental, you know, and, and, and uh, just kind of piece the bullpen back together again. But, you know, but they, 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 they're in a spot too where, you know, they've got to look to the future because Cody Allen and McAllister and Miller are all, uh, all free agents at the end of the year. I think, you know, the, the one guy you, you wrote about him yesterday, Joe, yesterday, Joe was, if if they can get Andrew Miller back, and if he's healthy, he's going to be better than any any trade they could make. And uh, you know, 
but you know we're not going to see that we're, we won't know that until after the all-star break all right and tito's big thing was getting miller back you know the right way make, making sure he's fully healthy but then having enough time for him to get sort of he kept saying on a roll get on a roll and once once andrew miller gets on a roll you know we we know what we got with 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 him is what what Francona said so yeah, yeah. thankfully I, I think they're going to send him on a rehab you know, uh, and, and so he'll be able to, you know, pitch at Columbus or Akron and uh, like Frank Kona was saying yesterday, not come in against the Yankees with the bases loaded in the eighth inning and you're up by one, you know, and that's your uh, first game back from, re, you know, from from the DL. So I think this will, you know, that'll give him some more time to get, get that knee built up, get his arm built up, get his delivery down and, and hopefully help the Indians, you know, sometime in August. That's because that's kind of the timetable I would imagine they're looking at. All right, Paul. Well, we are uh, heading towards the All-Star break. Uh, one big series left before then. This uh, this Yankee series kicks off uh, Thursday night, uh, runs through Sunday, and then you will be uh, greeting us next week from the nation's capital. Uh, looking forward to, to, to hearing all of your thoughts and, and uh, sort of taking in the, the sights and sounds of uh, the big all-star week festivities uh what are you looking forward to most when you get out there and you know joe it's it's like a uh, you know i like the futures game on sunday that's kind of fun you know that's you know we first i got i got my first look at uh, lindor there uh jason kipnis in 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 a futures game uh and mejia uh uh mckenzie you know saw those guys last year so it, it's fun just meeting seeing a and meeting them, I remember how little Lindor was. You know, he just looked like a scrawny little kid. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is the number one pick. This is the guy that's going to save the franchise. And, and lo and behold, look what he turned into. So, you know, that's kind of cool. And, you know, I, I like, uh, you know, they they have it set up now. Uh, they, the, the All-Star game used to be, you you, you know, you'd, you'd send 200 writers into each locker room, you know, when when the locker rooms were open. So, and it was always a, a madhouse. But now they have it, you know, kind of like the NFL, kind of, you know, like the Super Bowl week where they have, you know, they bring in each team, set them up, every guy at a table, and you can walk around and talk to guys. It's going to be fun to, like, talk to Jesus Aguilar, you know, uh, that, that uh, <laughs> made the all-star team last night on the fan vote. And he's going to be in the home run derby. He's had some more home runs than anybody in the home run derby. So that'll be fun to, to watch him. You know, former Tribe farmhand, and you got three Akron Akron players uh, going to the game, and and Aguilar, uh, Ramirez, and and Lindor. That's uh, you know, just talk about the think about the job that that the Indians farm system did in three All Stars just like that. Yeah, and you know, it's crazy. It is, you know, and I remember you know people saying, you know, you know, <clears throat> Aguilar is going to, you know, Aguilar came up to the minors and you know had all sorts of you know hit wherever he was hit home runs wherever he was. But when he got to Cleveland, it stopped. You know, he, he just didn't swing the bat well, didn't get an opportunity. And, but I remember, you know, you know, guys in the farm system saying, this guy's going to play in the big leagues. He's, he's going to play in the big leagues. It might not be here, <clears throat> but he's going to play, and they were right. All right, Paul. Well, we'll look forward to all the reports from, uh, from Washington, and we'll talk to you uh, when you're out there. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.